Okay, Blake. Um, coming in after the Braves game, loss three to two. Um, you know, personally, I think uh, we really, really let them off the hook. Um, you know, I feel like we have a lot of opportunities to score and a lot of opportunities to hold them from scoring. Um, you know, for me personally, I just, I don't think Adam's, Adam Duvall is all that great of a hitter. Um, he wasn't with us and he wasn't like with the Braves, with the Marlins, wherever he was, he was never like a stud hitter. And I feel like we're giving a lot of, uh, like he went one for four tonight, hit a home run, two RBIs. Like if he and I, I don't want to go into well if he just doesn't hit that home run, then because I mean stuff happens. But to me, like Duval, Peterson, and Vote, those six, seven, eight, those are like the last guys that you should be giving up extra base hits to because they just simply don't get a lot of hits. They don't get on base a lot. Like they're not these extremely efficient hitters like a hobby bias. Like they're going to swing and they're going to swing hard. So for me to give up home runs to guys that are hitting, I mean, the highest, the highest average out of those three is Jock Peterson is hitting 244, um, Duvall's hitting 229, and Stevens, Stephen Vogt's hitting 202. So to give up uh, a lot of contact to, I mean, they had they had all three RBIs tonight. So to give up a lot of hard contact to them, it was very, very uh, rough to see. Right. This is this is a very good Braves team. Um, but, you know, th- this offense was sort of crippled with uh, the loss of Acuna. And to not really – I won't really say not really capitalize it because Gray, you know, had, had a very good outing tonight uh, other than the home run um, to Duvall. But to not really – I guess um, just sort of hold uh, the Braves to kind of a little – I mean, like you said, there was a lot more solid contact than I would have liked tonight. Um, Duvall, like you said, not really like the greatest hitter. I mean, he's – more of a three true outcomes guy. Um, yeah. Same with vote. Uh, Peterson. I mean, he, he's a very good hitter. I mean, he was a good hitter with the Dodgers, good hitter with the Cubs. Um, like you said, he's got two forty four average 747 OPS, but I mean, he's one of those three true outcome guys where it's hit or miss with him. Um you know, those three guys are going to be swinging. Um, 
one thing uh, that I really realized uh, tonight uh, was I kind of questioned uh, the decision of taking Gray out uh, as early uh, as he was. Um, I realized, you know, he hasn't really had the most solid track record this year of staying healthy. Uh, but it, it I kind of questioned uh, him coming out as early as he did. Um, but even at that, you go to Heath Hembry. Um, I, I kind of felt like uh, Luis Sessa uh, would have been the more preferred option there, uh, especially considering he's, uh, as we've sort of gone over, um, especially after the trade deadline, he's sort of that Swiss Army knife sort of pitcher that you can just pretty much put into any situation. Um, and he's especially proven to be uh, with the Yankees as more of a long relief guy. Um, so that that that's was sort of questionable for me. Um, and then uh, other than the pitching, you know, there were a lot of missed opportunities uh, tonight. Um, one for four with runners in scoring position that it, it just can't happen. Um, now a lot of uh, two runners left in scoring position with two outs. Um, six total men left on base. Um, other than that Aquino home run, I mean, the offense was just virtually non-existent tonight. It just seems like we cannot hit at Truist Park for some strange reason. Yeah, and I, I think um, you kind of hit the nail on the head with the uh, you've got guys that are three true outcome guys and then Duvall gets up first pitch, hang a slider. And that's all it took. I mean, to me, I just, it's very, very hard to justify, um, justify kind of like having two hits off of Drew Smiley who's got close to a five ERA. Uh, he went six innings. Other, If Aquino doesn't hit that home run, we probably would have scored zero runs. Just no momentum, no in the game, you know. Nothing ever came about of, and even in that last inning kind of thing, um, you know, you got runners on first and second. Suarez works out of a horrible call, um, still gets on base. Kyle Farmer has been awesome all year, hits a double. Like, you know, you, the opportunity's there. And then and I know Moustakas has been injured, and he's a great hitter, but the first two pitches are off-speed pitches. That The first one was pretty close, but the second one wasn't even close to the strike zone, um, you know. I just feel like 
when when you've got you're in that situation, you're in such a spot to where the pressure is not on the hitter anymore. The the pressure is on the pitcher to execute and to make those pitches because one mistake can completely change that game and we could still be playing. Um, but when you kind of let people off the hook and then hit one to the first baseman in the ninth inning, end zone double play, it's really, really disappointing to see the kind of start we had to that inning. And then to just feel like, okay, we we essentially like let him off the hook because he, he was on the ropes. I mean, Will Smith isn't this like, he's no Josh Hader. Let's put it like that. So when you get that opportunity, and I feel like we really, really had an opportunity with Moustakis at the plate, even though it's lefty on lefty, I don't really care when it's Mike Moustakis. Like, he's a really good hitter. He's a veteran, you know, been around. Doesn't really matter to me. But I just, to kind of push the agenda in that situation, to me, was just very, very, uh, didn't make sense. Didn't make sense a lot. And especially on first pitch off speed, second pitch off speed, you know, how are we swinging in the ninth inning at two balls out of the zone? Like, even if you swing on that first one, that second pitch was awful. It was not a good pitch. And I don't want to, like, keep pointing the finger at one guy, but just being honest as a whole, tonight and last night, the offense did not produce enough. Um, you know, you've got guys, and I, I understand the Luke Jackson and Richard Rodriguez are tough to hit. I understand that. But to strike out seven times in six innings against the left-handed Drew Smiley, I really felt like it was the opportunity for guys like Stevenson, guys like Suarez, guys like um, Aquino. And Aquino hit a home run tonight, so you can't really whatever. But even Castellanos, like, to do damage because they consistently have done damage in the past. You know, this guy's not really overpowering. I don't get how that really happens. Um, so to me, I don't want to – it is just a couple games, and it is ultimately like seven, eight at-bats. But at the end of the day, there's no reason – to strike out seven times against Drew Smiley in six innings. The guy's just not that kind of pitcher. We made him look good. So to kind of bounce off of that too, even with the Indians game um, last night, you know, we were never really in the game. And that's a shame, but again, looking at the offense, like 
over nine innings of baseball, we left 21 runners on base. That, that just cannot happen at all. It just, it just can't. And to like, to discredit what this offense has been, and I'm not trying to do that at all because this offense really has been amazing. But, you know, we're, we're facing guys that just don't really have the kind of stuff that we've seen and we've hit off of. So to be in the spot that we were in, it's just super, super disappointing um, to not capitalize on the opportunities to really just put teams away and, you know, basically take them out from the start. We had an opportunity to take the Braves out from the start. Um, and when you just don't do anything, it happens, yeah, but it still sucks. Yeah, um, I mean, you mentioned last night, too, you know, there were a lot of missed opportunities there, um, even with, um, unfortunately, uh, the not-so-stellar start by Castillo. Um, you're two for 14 with runners in scoring position. Um, as a whole, the team left eight men on base. Um, four men left in scoring position with two outs. That's just too many missed opportunities. Um, you know, it, it's like you said, we shouldn't be harping on the offense too much because of what they've, what they've done uh, as a whole this year. Um, and it was an especially weird case these last couple of days because you, you get on the road to Cleveland one day, then you're on the road the very next day to Atlanta um, because of that makeup game. But it, these things just can't happen when you're in a very tight playoff race. Um, you need every single inch you can get. And that it's just something that we need to capitalize on going forward. Yeah. And it's like the more, like you said, we're in a tight race. The more the more like these two games, you know, it might not have meant um, like a whole lot in the standings if we win, but when we lose, we're just like, we're ta- I feel like sometimes we take one step forward and two steps back. And it's really frustrating to think we're like, we're going up the hill and we're at the very, very tippy top of the hill and then we just glide right back down instead of just moving and just that one final push to say, okay, now we're in the wild card spot. Now we've got to keep this position. And, you know, they're not out there trying to lose, I understand. And, you know, at the end of the day, I feel like we still have a really, really good opportunity to make the playoffs and to make a push in the playoffs, but we're making it very, very hard on ourselves when we're losing to, 
you know, these, these kind of pictures because, you know, coming down the road, let's say we play San Diego and then you've got Darvish, Snell, Musgrove. Those are three guys that like, they are good pitchers. So, and they've had a really good bullpen, got a really good off. Like we're putting ourselves at a disadvantage instead of putting ourselves even with the competition. Ultimately, that's what it looks like to me, or that's what it feels like. But um, how about Jonathan India, though? I mean, how, you know, we talked about it in the last episode, but to think that this guy isn't the rookie of the year, I still think is just asinine. I mean, that's just crazy to me that, I mean, he's batting 280 with a 399 OPS after tonight or a 399 OBP after tonight. Before tonight, it was 402. Um, like, he's a rookie and on-base percentage of 400. He's played 103 games. He's had virtually double the at-bats that, um, like, Patrick Wisdom has had, that, um, like, Jazz Chisholm has had. Um, like, some of these guys that are in the conversation kind of. And he's got, you know, only four less home runs, but then he's got 14 more RBIs. He's walked 40 more times. He's struck out only, what is that, 16 more times. You know, like these kind of things matter when it comes to a playoff push when you have guys like India. Um, I just don't think that you can make a case for anybody else. 280 average, 853 OPS, 13 home runs, 48 RBI. And this guy still isn't getting the recognition from these, you know, MLB social media accounts and, you know, Barstool and stuff like that. It, it's it's very frustrating. Um, but like you said, you know, he's he's had a very – his contributions uh, at the end of the day uh, have been very important to this team and into getting, you know, to where we are at this very moment of being in a playoff race. Um, You know, he said himself, uh, you know, the accolades don't really matter to him, although, you know, they're, they're very clearly in the back of his mind, but um, (laughs) as they would for anybody but yeah he's he's done what he needs to do when he needs to do it so yeah and i'm not trying to like discredit but ultimately i think there is a more difficult um, situation to be in when you are a position player rather than a pitcher that throws every five, six days. Um, Like, I really think that the only really two candidates for me are Jonathan India and Trevor Rogers. But to find the stability that uh, Jonathan India has had 
I just don't think that you can really beat that. And to like, I'm not trying to discredit what Trevor Rogers has done because he does have a 2.45 ERA in 110 innings, which is not an easy thing to do. But the guy's got a 400 on base percentage. He gave a team what they needed when they needed it the most. And I feel like that's kind of what an MVP is at the end of the day, too. Like, you have to take that stuff into consideration. Because let's think about the Dodgers for a second. Okay, let's say Cody Bellinger and Max Muncy have a bad night. Boo-hoo, they still have Mookie Betts. They still have Will Smith. They still have Corey Seager. They still have Trey Turner. They like The list just goes on and on and on. If Jonathan India doesn't step up when Moustakas is injured, we are at the very bottom of the standings. And that is just a fact. When guys have to step up like that, and he continuously has, I think it shows a lot of maturity, one. I think, two, it shows that it doesn't matter what kind of situation that he's going to be put in, he's always going to have the same approach and always going to be valuable to this team. Right, and something to think about, too, is, you know, very early in the season when he wasn't as hot as he is right now, there were talks of him possibly going back down to AAA. And, you know, to think that we, you know, kept throwing him out there, kept giving him these chances, and he comes through time after time after time, you know, with Moustakis out for as long as he was, you know, this that we wouldn't even be having this conversation right now of, you know, all right, we're six games back of, you know, the division. We're three and a half back of the wild card. It would, I, in my opinion, it would be a very different conversation of, you know, how can we build for the future? Yeah. yeah. We would have definitely sold. Absolutely. And I just think that's like, he's really been such a key part. And okay. Let's let's look at like the Marlins for a second. They're 47 and 66, last in the division, 12 and a half games back of the division lead. They're not competing. Take Trevor Rogers off that team. They're in the same exact spot that they are with him on the team. To me, that means something. Just because you accumulate a lot of stats. Okay, let, let's take, um, like, a bad team. Trevor Rogers, whether he is very, very good, average, below average, or very, very bad, it does not change where this team is at in the standings. It doesn't change what they did at the deadline. It doesn't change how they're approaching the future. It may change who they target in free agency or in trades in the future. But as of this moment right now, in reality, changes nothing. Cincinnati is where they are at 
because of contributions like Jonathan India, like when Joey Votto has been raking, like when Castellanos and Winker were hitting 370 and 350 for a while. Like we've had guys step up and we'd been it we would be in such a different spot, just like you said. We would we would be sellers. And because our bullpen has been so horrendously bad for the first half of the year, there is no way that we would be in the spot we're in. And to me that means a lot more than posting numbers when you're 12 and a half games back halfway through the year. So ultimately that's up to the voters to decide, but to me it means a lot more to step up when it matters than to just be good when nobody really cares, when you're just kind of there. And to me, that's part of the reason why Joey didn't win that MVP in 17 because the Reds were god-awful. And Miami wasn't this bona fide World Series winner, but they weren't out of it. Like, the only reason that Giancarlo won over Vada was because he hit the ball out of the ballpark more. Other than that, there's nothing that compares. Nothing. So to tell me that it didn't matter in 2017, it better not matter in 2021 because that would be crazy. So ultimately, like we said, when we're looking back, um, maybe we can go a little more in-depth on this uh, Cleveland game. You know, Vado's a DH in that game, which I think is really was good play, um, especially with the travel, like you said, going back and forth and the the kind of um, schedule that we are having. You know, we're on the road constantly, no real days off in between. So to to be able to throw Vado in a DH for a game, I feel like that can really really help for the next, like, four games. So while it wasn't the result that we would have liked, um, you know, I mean, our bullpen for that specific game only gave up one run in what four and two thirds so to be like and that's out of three guys where Hoffman we might not really need for the postseason but I feel like he can be a really big filler if like let's say somebody has one of these games Hoffman can go those three or four innings to fill those innings so our bullpen isn't affected for the next coming games. Um, like Justin Wilson and Lucas Sims coming off the I.L., like, they looked good. Like, it wasn't that 
I felt like we were really, you know, eight runs on seven hits and three and a third. I mean, he threw 71 pitches in three and a third innings. So box score doesn't really tell at all because you're looking at the box score and you're like, we lost by six runs. Okay, well, eight of those nine were given up very, very early in the game. And our bullpen really, I don't want to say stepped up, but really filled the void of, you know, not making it the blowout that it seemed to be or the the road that it was going down. Um, and like you said, two for 14 with runners in scoring position, that just can't happen. You know, I don't care what level you're at. If you go two for 14 with the runners in scoring position, you're not going to have a good day. Doesn't matter what level you're at. Um, so, one thing I was surprised of where the hell did Wilson Ramos come from? He's playing for Cleveland? I had no idea. I thought he was retired off the map. So, he had a home run off Castillo. Yeah, it sucks, but. He surprised me. I had no idea that he was even sniffing the field. Right. Um, I mean, that, you look back at Cleveland, it, it's another sort of crippled offense. Um, you know, the highest average on that team is 277. The highest OPS, granted, is, eight, nine, is 896 uh, with Franmo Reyes. Um, but it, it's just a team of, you know, it's just another case of missed opportunity. Um, it, it's a lineup that isn't very stacked. I mean, you've got Drew Straw in center field, a name that I have never heard of before, or pardon me, Miles Straw in center field, uh, a name that I've never heard of personally, uh, Wilson Ramos. Um, you know, the last I heard he was playing for the Mets. Um, this is, it, it's not the greatest lineup in the world. I mean, you know, you're facing a team in the AL Central, which is probably one of the worst divisions in baseball. Um, and it, it, it's very frustrating to think that, you know, we got blown out by a lineup that, you know, isn't, isn't very – Don't sugarcoat it. They suck. Yeah, they suck. They're bad. Um, they're very bad. Yeah. And, you know, it, obviously it's baseball. You know, stuff like this is going to happen. You know, any given team can win against against a first-place team on any given day. But, you know, it, it's very frustrating to think that this was another – 
sort of missed opportunity um, in a, a season that I feel like really has just been filled with, you know, like you like you mentioned, one step forward, two steps back. Yeah, and at the end of the day, like when we look back at this, Castellanos has an option. Like he could, I mean, he could just jump ship. Like, so let's not sit here and like lie to ourselves and think that, oh, well, if it doesn't happen now, like it'll happen like next year or the year after that. Like, he has an opportunity to leave. So to be like, it's very, to me, very, very worrisome because as soon as, I feel like as soon as Castellanos leaves, this team's going to be very, very uh, depleted from a front office standpoint. Um, you know, because we're not going to have that that one guy that's just like, bam top five in MVP voting, top seven in MVP voting every year. Cassianos can do that, um, you know. And I feel like as soon as that happens, we're going to become very, very cheap again and very, very um, like in 2017 where I believe our opening day starter was Scott Feldman. Um, you know, we've got a lot of guys that coming up on contracts in the next three, four years, like we have to be in win now mode. So to give games away to the Cleveland Indians who granted are in second place, but if you look deeper into it, they're 55 and 56, one game under 500. They're ten and a half games back in that division. So, I mean, Chicago, the White Sox are gonna win the division, especially with all the pieces they picked up at the deadline. But how are we giving games away to teams that just don't deserve these wins? We should be one and one at the worst in these two games. You know, so to be, it's very frustrating as a fan when you root for something and it feels like we get, you know, we're inching closer and closer and closer and closer and then we just never get there. And to compound that, you know, the Brewers might take two of uh of tonight's games and they might have a extra two games added to their lead because right now uh they won the first game earlier today against chicago four to two they're up five to one right now on top of the fifth so like and it's exactly what we've been saying you know all it takes is one day for something like that to happen but that one day can feel like a week where 
all of a sudden now, like just like you said, we're two more games back than we already were. So now instead of six and a half, you're eight and a half. That that those are two very very different numbers. Like that's a hell of a lot. It's just it's so disappointing to think that we have an opportunity to stay in these races and to be be in it. We're only four games back of the wild card after these losses, but we were as much as two and a half games out at one point. Two and a half, and now we're four after losing these two games. So I'm I'm not giving up. There's like no way because we are still close. We are still right there. But at the end of the day, come late August, come September, come beginning of October, gotta win against these teams. Got to because. Those that last two weeks, losing one or two games here or there, can take you straight out of it. So, when you have the opportunity to beat up on a bad team, do it. Like you have to do it. You cannot waste that opportunity. So, looking looking at the red schedule for the upcoming weeks. You know, we we play another two against Atlanta, but we were talking before, and like you said, we play three against a red-hot Phillies team in Philadelphia. Then after that, we come home for three games against the Cubs and four against the Marlins, and then an off day. But you're looking at this, and kind of after Philadelphia – you're playing Chicago, Miami, then you've got three games against the Brewers, then you've got another three against Miami. Those are three series that you have to come away with series wins. You cannot let the Cubs take two out of three from you. Just cannot happen. You cannot let the Marlins take three out of four, two out of four. Like, we have to win that series. Right. You know, these games are very vital down the stretch. Um, You're facing, you know, even though, you know, you have one of the lightest strength of schedules in the league right now, you've still got some very good teams peppered in down the stretch. Like you mentioned, you know, after the four games against the Marlins and then an off day, you've got the Brewers at Milwaukee. Um, Then you go on the road again. Um, Then you come back home and face the Cardinals. Um, You know, you've got divisional games, you know, like I mentioned, the Cardinals, you've got still got games against the Cubs and uh, the Pirates sprinkled in there. Um, You know, you've got three games against the Dodgers down the stretch. And, you know, the final two games of the season, you're playing the White Sox. So these are very, you know, there are very winnable games in here, but there are also some very difficult ones at that. Um, 
So, I mean, the mentality right now is win them while you can. And, you know, you'll have a much, you know, clearer mindset uh, coming into those difficult series um, like the Dodgers, like the White Sox, uh, like the Brewers. Um, because it's it's if you take if you have that one one step forward two step back sort of you know mentality it's going to hurt you at the end of the day um you know obviously we want to win every game but you know this is this is do or die at this point this is where it gets here this is where it gets serious it's not up or shut up yeah, and like looking at this month of September, you know, you play St. Louis and then you've got Detroit, Cubs, St. Louis, Pittsburgh. Four series in a row that should be series wins. Then you play the Dodgers, but then you go right back to playing Pittsburgh and Washington. Like, what makes me nervous is that when we play like this against Cleveland, against Atlanta with, with Drew Smiley on the mound, you know, like the Tigers, yeah, they're not in it, but they've been playing really, really good baseball as of late. Like, you know, and it sucks to say, but – when there's that doubt in my mind that we're just going to be, we're going to be in the middle of the middle of September. We're going to be in the same spot we are now and have zero chance to do anything because we're too far back. We have to start gaining ground. Like you only have a month and a half left. This isn't like, June, like you have a month and a half left. You don't have, like we are playing these easy teams. I don't want to say easy. We are playing teams that are bad in the rankings, bad in the standings. Statistically, they are bad. But as a team that is good in the statistical rankings and good in the standings, we have to take advantage of playing teams down the stretch that are not good. Like the Brewers have a tough schedule. That's just the bottom line. So as like we have to be in a spot to where it puts an immense amount of pressure on Milwaukee. It puts an immense amount of pressure on San Diego to win. Like you're, let's look at Milwaukee's September. You've got Philadelphia. You've got St. Louis. You've got the Mets. You've got the Cardinals. You've got the Giants. Like you've got these teams that are good in the rankings. And then obviously San Diego is going to play, um, is going to play teams in their division come the end of the year. So, like, they're going to have a tough schedule because they're going to be playing teams like San Francisco and L.A. too. We have to, have to, have to 
take advantage of playing Pittsburgh, have to take advantage of playing the Cubs, have to win series against the Cardinals. We There's just no way that you can't come, let's say, throw out a day. Let's say after the Pirates series at, in Pittsburgh coming back to play uh, L.A., if we are in the same spot we are in right now, I'm going to have very, very little faith that we make the playoffs because there's, it's just such a toss-up at that point. Don't let it be a toss-up. Go out and take it because we can do that, and I really feel like we can, but you, you just got to do it. And it's like you said, you had some point, not up or shut up. You know, and the question that I have is, you know, do you really want to face one of these NLS teams that are guaranteed to make the wild card, basically, uh, in a wild card game or in a game 163? Um, you know, there's sort of just like an extra incentive. You know, it, it's time right now to make that push. It's there is very little room for error, if any. Yeah, I mean, like you said, like, you do not want to play any of these NOS teams in these wild card games. I mean, think about this. So if we play San Diego, you're going to face Darvish. If we play LA, you're going to face either Emphasis. This is either Scherzer, Kershaw, Bueller. Like, you just can't do that. I would rather win, win a division, be in that spot, have San Diego and LA play each other. And let's say San Diego wins that game. I feel a lot more confident than going in going into an LA series after we just threw Castillo against San Diego and going, okay, now we've got to face Scherzer, Bueller, Kershaw, Dustin May, Tony Gonsolin. Like we've got to face these guys. I mean, you're talking the third the third guy in the rotation could be an ace on any other team in baseball. And it's a five-game series. So all it takes is three. So when you've got Scherzer, Bueller, Kershaw, it's going to be – it's tough to convince me that you can put up a fight against guys like that because they just overpower people. And I don't want to – like I'm not rooting against what we are. But being realistic, you're facing three Cy Young winners, three Cy Young candidates. This isn't like, you know, our third starter when you come down to it and you're like, okay, realistically, you're probably throwing, if Castillo's not available, which he won't be, you're throwing Sonny Gray in that first game, probably Wade Miley in that second game, or Tyler Malley. 
you know, they'll probably exchange the next two, whichever order it is. Those are three good pitchers that I believe in. It's just that you look across the table and there's guys getting paid hundreds of millions of dollars. They've got trophies to back it up. They got rings on their finger to back it up. We're going to be the underdog at the table. We've got to show up, got to win the division. It's super, super important. Like, isn't that just crazy to think about that? Here's, here's what the Dodgers rolled out tonight. Trey Turner, Max Muncy, Will Smith, Corey Seager, A.J. Pollock, Chris Taylor, Cody Bellinger, Billy McKinney. Billy McKinney got traded to L.A. And Bellinger's having an off year. A.J. Pollock's hitting 309. You just acquired Trey Turner. You've got Chris Taylor that can play anywhere. We're not even talking about Justin Turner. Austin Barnes can still play anywhere in that lineup. Give a guy a day off. You know, we're if we don't win the division, I feel like we're really, really putting ourselves at a disadvantage to make a run in anything. So, honestly, it's it's a seven-inning game, that Milwaukee-Chicago game. So, Milwaukee's probably going to win, and we're going to be – further back in the standings, but we really, really have to root for and have to strive for some series wins, some Milwaukee losses against tough teams, some San Diego losses, or some L.A. losses. To me personally, I think L.A. is a much stronger team than San Diego. Um, I think Trey Turner when he can play short, second, center, third, basically anywhere in the outfield, basically anywhere on the field except for first base and catcher, I feel like that really gives them a lot of versatility because they still have Chris Taylor that can do the same thing. And we didn't even mention Mookie Betts is on that team too. So... I think we really have to root for San Diego losses and we really have to root for Milwaukee losses. However we can get them, I'll take them. So that's it. See you in episode six.